All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Whiskey Babble. Uh, tonight, we are broadcasting from Pat's house. You guys might remember Pat. He was the podcast. Um, he was the go-kart driver, basically. And uh, that was a really basically. interesting podcast. But, <laughs> but, but he led us uh, on a, quite an adventure. We talked about The Simpsons and everything. Anyways, this is his lovely home. He was happy enough to have us in here. Um, we got producer Matt over there eating some street tacos. And hey, 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 everyone. How much can you put in your mouth? Can you put the whole thing in your mouth? That wasn't a very big bite. I know. That's what she said. Do right? you ever watch uh, Furious Pete on, no. on YouTube? No. no. Furious Pete? Mm-hmm. He's a bodybuilder and he does eating challenges. And it's, like, it's really funny because he's this massive, like, cut up, like, six pack and he's eating. That seems like counterproductive. Well, he did the, the you know, that heart attack burger in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He did the heart attack burger in, like, four bites. He, Ew, like, set oh a record God. for <laughs> eating. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, guys, so, uh, business first as usual, um, you know, uh, listening to the show, obviously you like to listen to things on your radio. So check out, uh, audibletrial.com slash whiskey babble, um, over 150,000 books to choose from. You can listen to them. You can read them. You can do whatever your little heart desires. Um, I'm sorry if, and if anybody's watching the video and it just looks like I'm staring, it's because I'm watching Matt eat and this is like, <laughs> this is just great. Um, so yeah, audible, uh, trial.com slash whiskey babble. Give them a listen. Um, we also have another new sponsor tonight. Yay. Woo-hoo. Where's it at? Man, there it is. Come on. Let me hear that Woo-hoo. excitement. Yeah. Maybe throw some claps in, in the post edit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, we're also being sponsored tonight by uh, Mamut Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, it's a Jiu Jitsu Academy in Anaheim. Uh, great professor. His name is Bruno, uh, Mamut in Portuguese means mammoth. Cause he's a, a big human. Um, two second degree black belt, <clears throat> 2009, second place in the world championships for no gi and 2008, first place in the Pan Ams, uh, no gi third place, um, world championships for no gi <clears throat> second place in the Pan American championships. And his list goes on and on. Um, great guy, children's classes for everybody, Muay Thai classes, no gi classes, uh, gi classes for anybody wondering gi, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I'm starting to get sick. Um, gi is actually the pajamas that we wear on the mat. Pajamas. Yeah, they're pajamas. <laughs> but um, yeah, so everybody check it out. Um, if you want to check out the website, it's Amazon Mary, A-M-U-T-E-B-J-J.com. So Mamut, B-J-J.com. Um, check them out. Um, if you go in there and you guys mention Whiskey Babble, you get a free week free to try it out. Um, trust me, you will not regret it. It's a great workout. And um, yeah, if for some reason you go in there, you're scared or whatever, i there three times a week. So look for my face or ask for me and I'll take you around and we'll get you all situated. Okay, guys? So um, tonight's whiskey is Larceny. Um, I actually bought this at BevMo um, because I wanted some whiskey and they were putting this one out on display um, super cheap because they were trying to launch the brand. So <laughs> should I read the back of the label? Is that yeah, what we're doing now? John E. Fitzgerald's weakness was fine bourbon and he faced temptation every day as a treasury agent with the only set of keys to the dr- <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> he was a treasury agent <laughs> oh. and he was and it, and it's just like it's just funny. <clears throat> to the Rick House, taking from barrels was easy, but he didn't just take from any barrel, he took from the best barrels. Some say he was a thief, others claim he was a man of great taste. This is the legend of larceny. Unlock the smoothness and decide for yourself. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're drinking tonight. Um, anyways, guys, Whiskey Babble. Let's get this going. 
All right, guys, welcome back. Tonight's guest is Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello. This is my sister by blood, guys. Hold on, we got a margarita machine going crazy over here. <laughs> Take a break. I don't know if the mics picked that up. Oh, God. Um, anyways, if you guys notice, uh, Nicole is not drinking the whiskey tonight. She is with child. I am. So um, she cannot partake. So. It's a sad day. It's a sad day in the Britain home because it's not, I was going to say my home, but we're not in my home. So what do you need? Pat, oh, sorry. wife's calling you. It's not like we're recording a <laughs> podcast or anything, guys. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, so Nicole is a uh, RN, which stands for registered nurse. That's it. And um, what are the different nursing levels? What is like, what are the? Um, well, there's nursing assistants. So like patient care assistants. And then LVNs, which is really kind of being phased out. Um, and then the RN and then typically like most hospitals now want an RN with a BSN. Mm-hmm. We're just adjusting the mic here a little bit, guys. Am I not talking into it loud enough? Do I need to slouch? No, you're fine. You're fine. It's okay. Good. okay cool. Um, RN with a BSN is what most hospitals are going for right now. Okay. So I Bachelor's do in science of nursing. Correct. Right? Okay. I do have my BSN. Oh shit. Whoop. Educated. That's me. Fancy. Got one um, of them papers. Yeah. <laughs> you're learned. You're learned. It was online. It wasn't that. It wasn't that much education. <laughs> you, you, you got yourself learned at. Yeah, barely. Barely. You can do them. Enough to get the BSN them after my name. Things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, my she, being my sister, I tend to um, text her a lot whenever I have funny poops or anything like that. I have funny poops. I like, wish I had that one where you said something like. I just took a major crap and blood squirted all over the back of the toilet. Is that normal? True and I'm story. like, what is well, this? <laughs> the problem is, the problem is, when I start, <laughs> this podcast is going in a great direction. <laughs> when I start, you could say that this podcast is going to shit. It's going to shit. It is. When I um, when I start lifting, if I do like any type of labor-intensive lifting, like um, um, squats or deadlifts, I get hemorrhoids. Like defying gravity. Yeah, like when I when I you know when I defy gravity with massive <laughs> amounts of weight. Um, and I always uh, yeah, I always tend to get hemorrhoids. Just for everybody out there, I hope you're all enjoying this conversation. And um, this is an informative this is a, podcast. This is a nursing so, podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some interesting stuff with the nurse questions. So uh, I always tend to have really uh, weird looking poos, and I always tend to ask her what's. <laughs> those are like that was like an exact, exact like question of what I would ask her. That's fantastic. It was awful. So you um you went to school, correct for biology? Yeah, when I started uh, college, when I first graduated high school, I went to uh, get my bachelor's in bio, and that was um, it was bio emphasis on physiology, in order to eventually be a doctor. Okay. Um, and then organic chemistry broke me, and I decided that that is not what I wanted to do, and um. <laughs> We have lots of action happening yeah. behind us. It's an exciting day over here. <laughs> just um, drive-bys going on. Yeah. yeah. What the shit, man? My car still out there? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I decided that's not what I wanted to do, and I took a year off of school um, and then decided to go back for nursing. So I went to um, 
a junior college actually and got my AA because really that's all you need in order to be an RN is get your AA. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I could be an RN. I have two AAs. <laughs> and then I <laughs> hey there, then I nurse. went back and did my BSN online. Nurse nice. Jake. Nurse Jake. On the job. <laughs> you break up my fix them. <laughs> you would be a terrible nurse. Whoa. That was actually one of my questions. That I was I have you Would guys, you be a terrible for nurse? For anybody that's watching, I bought this thing. Um it's called a notebook. And and um, You actually wrote <laughs> things in it? Look, it it does this and um yeah. hey, is that is that them letters on that page? Yeah. <laughs> I had to Google how to do letters, but I, I, <laughs> I did it right. But, um, yeah, one of my questions was, um, what were we talking about? Being. I said you would be. A, this is how this all started. Okay, being a nurse. I said right? you would be a terrible nurse. Yes. So one of my questions was, um, what was your biggest motivation for becoming a nurse? What made you want to become a nurse? a little check mark next to that. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, I wanted to be a doctor originally. And then I felt like the doctor that most physicians don't get the patient care time mm-hmm. um, that nurses get. And that's the part that I like. I want to spend the amount. No, keep going. Oh, I want to spend as much time with the patients as possible. So. Yeah. And one of my next questions was, why are doctors assholes? That really is written down here. <laughs> it I, says doctor complex. It doesn't well, say well, why you know, are doctors but, but assholes. My, my whole thing with the medical thing is, and, and, I have a lot of I, – I love this country. Don't get me wrong. I love America. But I think we have a lot of skewed things in America. And one of them, besides education system, I think the healthcare system is a fucking joke. And <laughs> when, I say, when I say the healthcare system is a fucking joke, I mean the amount of charge – like just being charged for going in there for breaking your arm is $20,000 – where you can go to Mexico and get it done for like fifteen hundred bucks, and it's the same. And come back with like a raging staph infection oh, that see, you're gonna now going to spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars to get fixed this here is why in the I United wanted States. To go on that. Yeah. But but why do these doctors? Just saying. Well, is it now? I've been I've been led to believe that it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like a thing where doctors have been trained through med school to do like fifteen hour days. And then when they come into the hospital after med school, they've just been trained like that for eight years. So now they're on these 15 hour days and there's just like no remorse. And that's like, like when it comes to dealing with patients, like, yep, you're dying. You know what I mean? There's no, um, no, I disagree with that. I mean, I can, I definitely think that there are doctors like that. Um, I think for the majority of the doctors that I work with, they're very good at patient care. Um, I have a few that I work with that actually will sit down in a chair and look eye to eye with their patients and have conversations about what the plan is and things like that. I find that surgeons are actually the biggest dicks. Well, is that because they have like an inflated sense of like, they're the boss, I, right? Yeah, they're, they're the law. Yeah, so that and um, they really only come in for like two minutes and yeah. whatever, and then they leave, and it's the you know the and they the just hospitalists, five hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. It's the <laughs> hospitalists that really are the ones that manage the care. Well, I was because like for example, when I went to my doctor, um, when I had a sore throat and everything, and that's another thing too. I wanted to ask you about like what is like. Because information is becoming so readily available to us as a society. We've talked about this on many shows, how I can literally, I can Google whatever the hell I want to know and have the answers. So obviously it's relating towards the medical field where you can go to WebMD or whatever. And most of it's bullshit. Like, you know, I've got, I WebMD'd this and they think I have this. And they're like, like, what's the one on, uh, always on house sarcoidosis? Isn't that what they always have on house? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's always sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis or, or every what's, time. What's the other one? Um, and it never yeah. winds up being that, but that's always their number one guess. There's but another one that they that they did I can't, too. Yeah, I know. Sarcoidosis. But yeah. So anyways, like I went to my doctor and 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 um. And he j- is the same doctor that our dad, u- my dad uses, right? And mm-hmm. my dad swears by this guy. This was my first time going to him, like as an adult, like solo. <laughs> and and I just felt like he like felt annoyed with me, and like I was kind of like wasting his time. And I was like, he wanted to test me for mono, and he was giving me that look, like he was telling me, like you're gonna have to talk to your wife about, you know, you have mono. Like I was cheating on my wife or something like that because <laughs> no I had mono. Yeah, and th- th- and no, listen, and I had to actually, I had to tell him, I, I'm like, I don't think this is mono because my body wasn't tired. I wasn't physically tired. I'm like. I think I have strep throat. He's like, no, 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 you have mono. And he had it all written out for me to go to a specialist and oh everything. My God. And I was like, can you just test me for strep throat, please? Then they swabbed me for, and I had strep. You know, it was kind of oh, like, weird. he was just, yeah, he was like writing me off and like, cause you're th- like a punk th- kid. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. In, like, I'm not like an 18 year old walking 27. There, like, that's the first time you went to the doctor by yourself as uh, an adult. Yeah. See what's this weird thing. I'm that's called an frightening. Alpha, and yeah, I, mean, I don't get sick. Mommy took you up until last year. Look, I'm, right. the, I'm the same way. The only, I'm a man. Only, I've, as an adult, <laughs> I I've been to the doctors sickness, twice. <laughs> Both times were for major, major problems in the emergency room. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't want to, what am I going to do? I'm not going to walk into the doctor. Oh, <laughs> You know what I mean? The, like, the first yeah. time, the first time I got sat on by a horse, <laughs> and then the second time was non-sexual. Uh, I had my appendix taken. I had to have my <laughs> appendix. <laughs> I had to have my appendix taken out the second time. But other than that, I've never been to the doctor since I've been. An you adult. should go. Well, well listen, I'm, I'm 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 get a physical. Yeah, have my your balls checked. Free. I'm gonna start going and getting physicals now, but. Hey, my balls work. Prostate checks. My balls work. You have a kid, so hey. I, yeah. I, I got proof. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> Literally. Oh <my> <laughs> proof is baby batter. So <laughs> <gross>. <laughs> um, what? So, you know, and, and there's also a big shift going towards, um, like, not, not I want to say, like, I don't know if it's the right term, but homeopathic healing. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or like at home healing. Yeah. And I know that weed's a big driving force behind that. Like oils is big right now. So that's like the big popular that THC oil or whatever. No, it's not THC. It's like lavender and peppermint. And we have a bunch of girls at work that are actually really into it. More power to them if that's what you're into. Hey, whatever. Um, whatever works for they whatever works. will use lavender for sleeping and peppermint for headaches and that thing is serious. Does it put on a random drink? Is that why it, it spins like that? Is it just telling you that it's yeah. still on or what? <laughs> I can unplug it. It spins on a random drink every time and that's what you have to drink? That'd be a pretty fun game. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. There, there's there's a random game. button on there, isn't there? Yes. That's yeah. kind of cool. But, um, yeah, so, because I know, like, I know that, I don't know how we're getting on marijuana, but I like talking about marijuana. I don't smoke marijuana, but um, there's a big, well, it's been demonized for no reason at all. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. There's, there's literally, uh, how many people have died from lung cancer from marijuana? Zero. zero you know what I mean? Yeah. How many accidents were caused last year from marijuana? Uh, I don't want to say zero, but I don't know the exact facts, but a lot less than alcohol. I heard a fact the other day that um, uh, Colorado now, has, or De- specifically Denver, their um, DUI rate has dropped by like, a crazy they made so m- since they since it's been yeah. since it's been legal they've made so much money on taxing it that they had to give it back to the people yeah i think eventually you'll see that marijuana is going to be legal absolutely everywhere without yeah. it even being an issue but is that is that a thing in the medical field is that being um explored because i i know like okay let's be real and, and tell me if i'm completely wrong but my impression is from the medical field and this is just from my readings and everything that um 
company A comes along and company A goes, hey, we got this great product for depression, right? Right. We got this great product for depression. So Dr. Smith, you start prescribing this, you know, we'll take care of you. There's kickbacks on the side. And I've actually heard that. That doctors will Isn't get there kickbacks. a movie that like specifically sent? What is that movie? Oh, it's the Viagra movie yeah. where the guy sells Viagra. What movie no, is that? I don't remember the name of it. But that's exactly how they portrayed in that movie. Oh, I've never even seen that movie. I don't even know what you're talking Do about. Do you know what I'm? You know what I'm talking about, I right? Exactly I, I can't think of what that stinking movie is. Oh. Anyway, it becomes it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Love and Other Drugs is what yeah. it is, mm-hmm. and he becomes stinking rich by he's selling like, Viagra. He's like the <laughs> drug company's door-to-door salesman yeah. man or whatever. Yeah. For but Viagra. but so. So because there's because it's such a big business in the pharmaceutical industry, is that where they're staying away from something you can grow in your backyard and like make that easier to you know what I mean? Because if if weed, that's what made it illegal in the first place was because William Randolph Hearst owned a paper company. And guess what? It was a lot. You know, the most random (laughs) shit. I read a lot. But so, so William Randolph Hearst owned the world's largest paper company and Lumber was where it was at. Well, guess what? He realized that you could start growing weed in your backyard and hemp was more pliable, cheaper to produce, and he didn't want to deal with that because he had a monopoly on the lumber industry also. So he lobbied with Congress and they actually made marijuana illegal and now yep. it's just been demonized for a stupid reason like that. So is, do you feel like the farmer's big farm is not... That's with a PH. <laughs> yeah, right. big... Well, I should have said big pharma, right? <laughs> pharma, I think, is the proper term. <laughs> But that, that's why they're not exploring these these routes for medicine because there's too much money on the line because it's so easy to. I have no idea. Is this out of your pay grade? That's way out of my pay grade. I have no idea. I think that medical marijuana, I, we don't. It's not something that we typically um, give in the hospital. It's not like I, you know, roll I, joints I heard, for my patients and bring them in and be like, um, I, you know, you're on chemo. Here's some marijuana. I have given it in pill form. Um, we do do that. Oh really? Yeah. Is it is it effective? Yeah. Interesting. Because there was one, I was listening to a podcast and he was talking about how his friend's mom was diagnosed with some weird cancer, like stage four, mm-hmm. and she started smoking weed every day. And it wasn't, no, she wasn't smoking weed. I listened to the same podcast. It was the oil. Oil, the oil. That's yeah. right. The THC oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it. called something else. It's like C something mm-hmm. oil. Yeah. Keep talking about it. Well, what happened? Uh, basically, like her, her cancer, like the tumors reduced by like 90%. It was some unbelievable, and she's still alive. They told her she had like three months to live, and she's been like two years ago. Yeah. That's she crazy. Was in, inoperable tumors, and she was, you know, not progressing with chemo or anything like that. Basically, the chemo was making her sicker than the cancer. So the doctor said, you know, stop chemo. And then she ended up starting doing this oil, and I guess the tumors reduced by like 90% or something like that. Yeah, that's some crazy. Unbelievable Insane. fact. Um, okay, so back to Nicole. So you <laughs> got married. I did. To the AK. Everybody's heard the, the stories AK. of the to AK. The AK. The, the man, the myth, man. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> so glad you all love him so much. <laughs> Dave, I need $100. <laughs> okay, okay. He went to the right guy, I guess. <laughs> okay. Dave was just like, okay. Yeah, Dave, Dave, well, we were all so drunk. Dave was just like, okay. Like, he gave him 100 bucks. Like, <laughs> But um, my uh, husband. Well, backstory, guys. I puked in the cab on my bachelor party. Yeah, you did. And um, and we're, and we're talking like projectile, like vomit, and um, there was like there was like a, a ridiculous there was a full amount. piece of pizza in there. Yeah, and a couple of chicken like wings, unchewed piece of pizza. So just... the cab driver goes, <laughs> yeah, the cab driver goes, that's two hundred bucks, bro. Like you just puked in my cab. I guess there was a sign. It wasn't somewhere. even a cab though. That was the best part about it. It was like a van. It was like a it was like Uber. A, <laughs> 
an SUV, uh, yeah. like like a Tahoe. So everybody everybody had to come up because I was I wasn't coherent. So everybody had to come up with money to pay for it, and everybody's like throwing in ten bucks here, twenty bucks here, and then Dave, I need a hundred dollars. My husband doesn't talk like that. Why do you make him sound like? That's he's got an accent. A little baby one. I'm not I trying mean, to be you are serious. It's accentuated when yeah he's when he's drinking it comes. Oh out. Wait, wait, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> that's these are, these totally are, true. These are intoxicated impressions. These yeah. aren't. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Continue. That's um, true. That's accurate. So anyway, yeah. So <clears throat> married to the AK. Um, and then you, so you actually now correct me if I'm wrong, but you were having trouble finding a job. Um, and then luck. So luck happened that well, not luck, but you had to move to Texas. Correct. So I, um, why did you go to Texas? We, for a couple of reasons, I graduated from nursing school and nobody wanted to hire new grads at the time, which most hospitals really still aren't. That's why I say it was kind of a blessing, right? Yeah. So we, um, Adam has, um, a daughter, Ashlyn, and she lives in Texas. And so we, yes. So we decided that if we were going to move anywhere in the country for me to try to find a nursing job, Texas is actually the best place to go. Mm -hmm. So we went to Texas and lived there. I think I had, I think it almost took me a full year though to get a job there even but um i met a girl that lived on my block that was a nurse at the local hospital that's fine okay um a nurse that she was a nurse at the local hospital and so she's actually the one that got me a, the job okay cool and um it was a prison hospital right no oh everybody in the room listen because some of these stories are really crazy <laughs> so <laughs> no it wasn't a prison hospital but we did um we were in proximity to huntsville prison which i don't know if you it's one oh, of yeah. the biggest everybody knows huntsville yeah yeah so never when, go back. Yeah. When they right? when the patients <laughs> I'll die before I go back. Yeah. When the patients were too sick. Yeah, you got my fast and furious quote. You got my fast and furious quote. <laughs> I did three years at Lompoc. <laughs> oh I'll die before I go back. Alright, go. Okay. <laughs> Huntsville prison. No, it's not yeah, so it's anyway, so when the patients would get when they would do things that were um bad enough to themselves that they couldn't be treated in the infirmary they would come to my hospital and we would treat them there tell me some of the stories so the well mostly they eat things is, is this like violating any hipaa laws no because i'm not saying any patient names oh, you okay, don't know where ahead. i was working exactly it's just a she was in proximity in general proximity. got it all right that's right i just want to check all the boxes shit we yeah. don't so. even know her name really <laughs> yeah. who said so, nicole's her name could not be it could be all right so keep going. anyway they just could be they Cheryl. Swallow things. Razor blades. They would eat the razor blades. Pen caps. Fucking what? Razors in order to like. Because most of them just that's want. That's some gangster shit, right? They there. look at it like a vacation <laughs> from prison. They know that they're doing something to hurt themselves and they have to go have surgery, but it's like getting out of prison for right. a week. Even though they're still handcuffed the, to the beds and, and they have the, prison guards outside their rooms. Wouldn't the doctors like the be like assholes and just be like, sorry, dude, shit it out? Actually, no. <laughs> They, you know, that goes against their Hippocratic exactly, oath. Exactly, exactly. It's their job. The Hippocratic oath. I used to think that it was a Hippocratic oath when I was little. Like, but why would you say a Hippocratic I'll give you a, oath? Like, I'll give you pointless. a crisp one dollar bill <laughs> if you tell me what the the two snakes swiveling around is called. I don't even know that. I don't think. I know it. I just don't know it off the top of my head. I'm going to have to Google it. but I'm sure I'll recognize it. Yeah, name. once you say it. Doesn't it start with an A? I want to say it starts with an A. Wow, well, let's find out. Anyway. So keep, keep, keep So we, we just would get a lot of those. I mean, not a lot. It would be occasionally. But, you know, there's nothing like taking care of a... Caduceus. 
Caduceus. Caduceus. There's nothing like taking care of a prisoner when you're like nine months pregnant. Fifty cent words. Yeah, right. (laughs) My uh, Caduceus is quite. uh, You're gonna remember that though. Hey, Jake, how's your Caduceus today? It's uh, effervescent to the uh, quadrating bifactor of the. (laughs) What? Um, (laughs) Now you're making stuff up. Totally. So you uh, okay? So you were in Texas, and um, this is what I meant by it was a blessing because. Now you were actually getting the work experience that you needed in Texas to come home, to come home mm-hmm. and actually we actually had planned on just staying in Texas and, you know, through circumstances or whatever, wound up coming back to California. I basically in two years, I got married. I got pregnant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my honeymoon. I got a new nursing job. I had a baby and then we moved back to California. So it was just like two full years of constant doing whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I was, I'm thankful now that I learned nursing, um, bedside nursing in Texas because the patient ratios are different. So I would have six patients, seven patients sometimes if, you know, we were short staffed. And here in California, it's only, it's four patients on my, on my floor. Why don't you read that question to me right there? How many patients do you have at a time? There you go, right there. There you <laughs> go. That, boom. So, so you have you have. I take four care at of time. four at a time if they're telemetry, which is the heart monitored patients, and then if it's just if they're med surge patients, then we take five. And did we cover what kind of nursing that you do? Um, let's. I'm a tele, I'm a telemetry nurse. What does that mean? It yeah. means that all my patients usually are on the heart monitor, so we're constantly seeing what their rhythms are all the time. <laughs> Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Texas, I was a surgical, like post op nurse. Okay. What's so. the craziest thing you've ever seen? Um, I really haven't seen anything too crazy. I have a lot more years. I think code blues are always crazy. What's code blue? It's code blue. Code code blue <laughs> is when a patient is like in respiratory distress or cardiac oh, arrest. Blue? Literally. Correct. Like they're dying and we need to run in there and put the crash cart together. And does code brown mean they shit themselves? Exactly. It does. It's it does. true. No it's way. True. It's not a legit code. It's a nurse code. They, for, it's not one of the ones that they announced over the loudspeaker. What's the, what's the code brown? Well, code what's brown. The most, um, what's the most like, what's the most like, um, dan- not dangerous code, but what's the code where people go like, oh shit. Code blue. Code blue is the most. Yeah. Like somebody's and dying. Then, and then a yeah. code pink. That's a baby. Stealing, someone Stolen stuck a baby. baby. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. No shit. So when we had Liam, they had a um, like a tracking they scan bracelet. Them, right? mm-hmm. No, it's like a legit like proximity bracelet mm-hmm. so that if you take him out of the floor that we were on, the whole hospital shuts down. Mm-hmm. Like all the doors close, like alarms go off, security's going everywhere. No like, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have like, they'll show you specifically like, don't pass this line or the yeah, alarm's going to go there's off. big signs like. Don't take children past this. I line. didn't realize like baby theft was such a, a yeah. big thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm being completely honest. So, I mean, I don't think it then, happens often, but that is the yeah, th- the things they have I, to do. He had a bracelet with my name, my wife's name, and his name mm-hmm. on him, and then my wife and I each had an identical bracelet. And any time that the doctors had to come in and take him out of the room or anything like that. They check all three bracelets and like make sure they match before they take them, and then check all three bracelets when they bring them back. To make Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like crazy freaking, procedure. The freaking dark web, dude. That's what I'm talking about. That's where we're yeah. going back to the dark web. That's where babies go on we, sale. We hit man. the dark web almost. We every try to hit it every episode okay. because yeah. it's pretty intense. <laughs> have you Googled it yet and read about no, it? No, I have no desire. I'm good. It's pretty crazy, man. The regular web <laughs> kind of freaks me out. <laughs> the dark web. <laughs> so Ooh, did we did we touch web. on why you became a nurse? Did we did we talk yes. about that? 
Okay. Um, so code blue is the most dangerous one. Somebody's going to respiratory. What are some other codes? Now I want to know. <laughs> like, um, mostly code blue. We usually will call. We do a lot of rapid responses on my floor, which is like what we call when we know a patient is going to code at any minute. So we do a rapid response first to try to prevent the code from happening. Um, um, and then so that we call that a lot. We have code 20, which is a code like a patient's having a stroke. Oh. Um, code red is fire. Code gray is a crazy patient. Like we had code grays at when I worked in the fitness industry. Like really? If somebody lost their shit and was like trying to start a fight or trying or wow. something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, you would That's a code you gray. would you would page code gray to get all the staff there to like break up the fight mm-hmm. or yeah, interesting. So back to one of my upcoming questions. Now, have you ever? Is it gonna get dark? Oh God. <gasps> have you ever been in the room where somebody died? I have. I just was last week. Oh my god! Like what? what like what happened? <laughs> I'm like, oh. um. Well, with not to get into specifics or anything, but it was a code blue, and the patient didn't survive. And that was going to lead into one of my future questions. Which he was my patient. Oh really? Yeah. Do you get dinged for that? No. <laughs> you get dinged. <laughs> I didn't that? like do something to him to cause him to go. They're like to okay. distress. Nicole had twelve deaths this month. Yeah. Um, we're taking you off of this floor. <laughs> like, no, I didn't get dinged. Kind of a monster. No, like, I didn't get dinged. <laughs> um. So what now is there because? So this question is twofold. And actually, I'm going to lead into it like this. Now, does there? Um, is it hard as a human? To separate yourself from your patients. Yes. I think that's probably... you have to. Yeah. Well, you don't... You, you have to learn how to separate yourself once you leave. Like, you have to learn that once you walk out the door to let go... No, keep talking. To let go of... Um, to let go of your job. And not to think about your patients when you get home. Switch it off. P- pretty much. I mean, you go home, now you have to take care of your family and do all those things. Right. And, you know, Adam always... Tells. It's almost like the same thing as like a police officer. It's yeah, and it's hard. It's, it's I think it takes stress. a few years. It's very high stress. Yeah. So I think it takes a few years to kind of figure out how to do that. And new grads, I think, struggle with that the did, most. Did I hit one of your questions? Yeah. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> um, no. One of the one. Of, well, I was reading actually a thing, and it was talking about like the most stressful jobs in the world. Right. And and surprisingly, one of the top jobs was customer service. Any type of customer service job. Which nursing has so well, geared yeah, to Because now. people fucking suck. And we've talked about oh, that yeah. before. But I, I hate people, man. I really do. And then it led into the second two worst jobs were actually tied. And it was nursing and being a police officer. Mm-hmm. Because as as uh, Joe Rogan, as he mentions a lot, he like he doesn't believe anybody's qualified to be a cop. And he thinks that like people are barely qualified to be nursing. And, and he doesn't mean that in a negative way, like you're not qualified to be a nurse, but he means like human beings. Yeah, it's hard. As a, as a people are so underqualified to deal with the emotional yeah. stress and the emotional. Because you're literally seeing people at their worst moments. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're not, you know, nursing, you're not just taking care of patients. You're taking care of their entire family right, most exactly. of the time. So, and almost you're, you're almost mostly taking care of the family, I feel like, as mm-hmm. opposed to the patient. So you know, there's a lot of stress and a lot of, um, it's like a, I don't know how the best word I can think of is it's like a, I want to say powerful thing because, um, they're requiring, well, no, it's not even that. (laughs) It it is is that and it's not that, but they're really relying on you to make sure that their, you know, that their family member doesn't die for your 12 hours that you're there. Mm -hmm. So that's really, you know, that's something it's it's hard to let that go at the end of the day. So when you do have a patient that dies, all you think about is 
crap. <laughs> like, and, no. I just let that family member down or what? I, you know what I mean? And that's why I wouldn't be a good nurse because I'm so caring. No, you would be, <laughs> you'd be a terrible nurse. <laughs> we get, you know what? It's, it's, what there's the a lot of, what did I do? Nothing. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. You probably you would exist. be, you're good with that's people. So, I mean, you have to be good with people, but. There's just a lot of we take a lot of abuse from patients home. too. We're not. Yeah, I wouldn't take that shit. That was that was gonna be one of the things I talked. So listen to this, dude. I'm, um, she told me this story when she got back from Texas, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really interesting that when she started working at her current employer um, in California, that when she would address, and by she I mean Nicole, um, not the bitch in heat. <laughs> Well, that's what dad always Whoa. says. Oh. <laughs> that's your mother, not the bitch in heat. Whenever you call him Got she. Got it. All okay. right. Anyways, um, you never heard that <laughs> I didn't. Phrase? I didn't understand no. that first. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dad says it all the time. Um, <laughs> that if, if, she, if she called someone, um, if she called someone ma'am, they'd get offended here in California. Right. And if you called some, if you didn't call someone ma'am in Texas, they'd get offended. Right. You know, so it kind of shows the whole aspect of dealing with people and like. You do have to change it up. And we have a lot of, we have, uh, all different, obviously Texas is not as diverse as California is. Yeah. So we get all kinds of cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to learn how to deal with those particular, I feel like you'd see a lot of weird shit now. Um, uh, trust me, it's, it's a terrible thing, but I feel like you'd see a lot of shit with homeless people. Like you'd be surprised. Not really. I mean, I've obviously I've taken care of homeless people before. Um, but it's not because we had a buddy that worked um, security for a big hospital, mm-hmm. and um, he would tell us the stories of like. I think they come into the ER a lot. I don't think they get admitted a whole lot. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we actually we we took care of a lot of people in. Te- I feel like I get a lot more people. I had a lot more people in Texas that were uninsured, that we took care of than I do in California. Now, now, from an ethical standpoint. If somebody's uninsured, does that prohibit care? Absolutely not. No. Nope. The hospital will usually pick up the bill or they figure out a way to get them Medicare or Medicaid or whatever so that it takes care of it. But you can't turn somebody away because they're not insured. It's like illegal, right? Yeah. Well, it never used to be, right? Couldn't you like get the fuck out of here if they weren't insured? Well, health, the healthcare industry is changing as far as that's concerned. I mean, they Obama. pretty much, they take Woo. everybody. They'll Gave help anybody. cell phone. Yeah. Got me some healthcare. I don't got to worry about my bills. <laughs> I'm gonna worry about my car. No. Obama gonna take care of it all. Obama. Oh God. Thank <laughs> God. Edit that out. Yeah, it's not appropriate. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys can tell, but Jake and I are Republicans. Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> um, so leading into that about caring for the people and not taking it—that's my problem. I take my work home with me, and I actually have to stop myself because, mm-hmm. like I said, dealing with people—it is just so frustrating. Oh yeah. And like when it comes to like, for example, um. I work in the automotive industry, so, you know, uh, my check engine light's on. What does that mean? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? There's 40,000 things it could mean, literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And then, and then they get all pissed when you tell them that you have to charge them for figuring out what the problem is. And they're like, well, they'll pull the codes for free here. I'm like, oh, I'll pull the codes for free. You know, I'll tell you, oh, you got a problem in your EVAP system. Now tell me where the problem is in your EVAP system. You know what I mean? And I, and I get so frustrated dealing with those people that I come home, like, kind of yeah. stressed out. So I really have to, like... Drink six beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the hardest part about beers. being pregnant is I can't come home and have a cocktail after yeah. work because well, it's I mean, really good. Good. <laughs> if you'd I lived be, in Texas, still. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're, you're not back in California. You'd be a huge dick. But <laughs> yeah. good. You'd be pretty fucked up, but I mean, it'd be kind of funny. Like, I think that we just get a lot of people. 
where I think you have the certain, I would say it's about, I don't even know. I wouldn't say 50, 50 more people are nice to us than not, but we get a lot of people who treat us like, well, I just like, feel like this people, is not a Hilton. You are not at a hotel. I just feel like people are miserable. I mean, they're there and they're like, like, um, when uh when grandpa was sick and he was just miserable in mm. constant pain, you're getting people like that that are just in this yeah, unbelievable it's pain. Are, and the it's just worst like, moment. Fuck you. You know what I mean? The like the worst I don't, possible moment in their exactly, lives. Exactly. Like I don't want you to come in here and and tell me like uh, fucking adjust my bed. Like I'm I'm in pain. Get the fuck out of here, lady. You know I feel like you'd get that a lot. Like yeah, we do. I mean, you ever had shit thrown at you? Like literally poop? feces? No, no one has ever thrown ah. their poop at me. I have <laughs> no. No one has ever done that. I had a guy. It's a good question. That's a solid. That question. is a solid question. No, no one has ever. I've had people who have like all of a sudden I go in their room and there's poop like all over their bed and like there's shit. You're everywhere. just like what? Shit on the walls. Like, shit what on the did walls. you do? And like it's all on their hands and in their fingernails. Are they are they and, coherent? No, or are these usually people... not? And you're just like, damn it. Is there a tur- is there a tur- turd? Is there a term ah. for like the uh, Freudian? Um, for like a fifty-one fifty patient or something like that, like you just fifty-one fifty. If they're if they're crazy, you call them fifty-one. No, 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 no. Fifty-one fifty is a hold. So like, if they we believe that they are, you know, not they can't leave. No, what I'm saying is, there a term for like the person that you walked in there and they're covered in substance shit? Do we, we have a, a something in this room. Oh no! Like they're a, just like nur- like nurses slang. Like no, nurse slang. no. Like you say to another nurse, but not to the family. No, <laughs> actually not. I mean, you're just like look, the lady over here. We got, we got a Pucasso in room four. Yeah, exactly. We get a brown, I mean, brown uh, bomber in room five. <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Pucasso. Pucasso. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we get a lot of confused patients. They call it hospital delirium. So these pe- patients will come in totally with it. And within like a day, they have no clue what the hell's going on. It's bizarre. I had a patient. This is a funny story, actually. I had a patient the other day. If any of my nursing buddies are watching this, I think they knew I was going to tell the story. But um, he was very, it was a gentleman. He was very confused and he would just yell. All day. I mean, scream all day and all day. <laughs> so I would go in there and I was like, listen, you need to be quiet. It's time to stop. Get out of my room, you donkey. I was like, so I just look around. I'm like, I can't believe he just called me a donkey. So then, I like, start like, hey, uh, so then I just start like laughing, right? I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I can't wait to go home and tell my husband that one of my patients <laughs> called me a donkey today. And then it's like 10 minutes after, I'm like... <laughs> oh my God, maybe he really thinks I look like a donkey. And then I'm like kind of sad about it. It like all came around full circle. I was like, oh. Something you have to realize about uh, my sister is her whole life been very independent and does not take shit. And like what, what? Oh yeah. One of my favorite stories was actually when you said you were in New York. And like the homeless guy walked up and was oh, like, with mom and dad, get mom. out of my face. And no, the homeless guy was I like, just told oh. her to, it was some guy that was a creeper and like, we were with all women and I was like, go away. And he just like, all of a sudden just like turned and left. I was like, that was awesome. I didn't yeah, have to pull like, out my mace. Just her whole life, man. That's how she's been. Um, so back to dealing with bringing it home with you now, I feel like um, nursing would have a high level of depression amongst I mean, what are your thoughts? Just from what you know. Obviously, you don't know the whole entire nursing community, but 
I mean, I feel like there'd be so because you are dealing with these people, you are giving these people your everything, and then somebody dies or somebody you you've spent your whole day helping this person, and, and then, then they, they die. Fuck you, or right, no, right, right, or they, right, or, or they, they say, you, yeah, you know what I mean, or. I mean, yeah, I think that a lot of everybody deals with it. I, th- I think every every nurse learns how to deal with it in their own way mm. as, you know, your career evolves and as you start to become more experienced. Um, I drink. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'll go home and have a drink because that's what I need. But Grandpa's old cough medicine. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> you'll find that there's actually a lot of nurses are big drinkers and smokers and things like that because it's such a high stress job that when you go home you'll do anything to like decompress just get out of get out i of mean i don't know I, I couldn't tell you who <laughs> takes medication for depression or whatever that's not really something we talk about at work but yeah. i mean i would imagine that yeah it's no no i think more stress than depression I now, would, are you guys close with the doctors or is it like or is it Dr. A walks in, does his shit and leaves? No, I'm fortunate to work at a smaller hospital. So I know almost every single physician that I work with. So, um, you know, they all know me. They all know how my style of nursing is. And I think that works well for us. We know how that, what kind of doctors they are. And, and now I'm not saying this is like in a, in a shady way, but can they get you prescriptions? And I'm not saying that like for illegal drugs. I'm saying if... Oh, doc, my back's hurting. Can you, oh, okay, cool. Here you go. Go grab some back pills or something like that. Or, I don't know if that's appropriate for me to answer. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. It was, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to get drugs or anything. I'm just saying if it was because you had that hookup. It's like anywhere. Right. Anywhere you go. You know what I mean? If you go to the automotive It's just like, you, you know, if you know a physician that's a friend anyway, would you, if you knew you had strep throat, would you go to the doctor or would you call your friend that was a doctor and be like, I have, write your prescription I have strep throat. I know that's what I have. Right. Can you just give me a Z pack? They're most likely just going to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so think of it that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Friends in high places. Good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't be asking me for prescriptions. Okay. I can't no, I don't do want it. any prescriptions. Um, I'm trying to go like the whole, you I don't, don't want any I prescriptions hate, on camera. Well, no, I hate taking medicine, dude. My, my whole life. I'm not I've, a big I've, medicine taker. I've hated it. If I have, if I have a bad headache, I'll try to figure it out before I take medicine for it. I've just, I don't, I don't think any of that shit's good for you. Like <laughs> I didn't even really take pain medicine. I took a couple, maybe a couple of my pain pills after I had Blaine and then I was done and Adam was like, yeah, sweet. You know, because he's got, whatever he's got like a prescription of Norco, and then um, oh hell yeah, <laughs> and then after Luke, I actually took him because that one was a C-section and that actually hurt. But see, in two times in my life in high school, um, I pulled my groin like thoroughly playing football, and the whole inside of my leg was purple, and there was a wow, yeah, that's and it was, bad. It was a dude, I couldn't walk on it, and there was a dude whose um, mom or someone sister so his aunt was a doctor uh-huh. and he had like gnarly prescriptions for vicodin and i was taking vicodin and this is why i don't understand why people would take vicodin because first off that shit's insane but why people would take well, it, it affects people in different ways well that's what i'm saying but why people would take it to get high because i feel like the only time i've ever taken it was i had a legitimate injury mm-hmm. and it would allow me to get through football practice and it was my right leg so i would take it before practice get through practice and i'd have to drive home with my left foot because my right leg was was jelly, and, and I'd have to, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like if you need like on the subject of Viking, and I guess since we're talking about that, but Let's if go. you need the if you Travel actually have legit if you have legit pain <laughs> and like need pain medication, it's gonna tackle those receptors in your brain to deal with the pain that you're dealing with. Right. If you don't have pain and you're taking it specifically to get high, it goes after different receptors in your brain. I mean, do you get a lot of um, 
a lot of people coming in that are drug addicts. Drug-seeking. Yes. Like, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And what do you guys, how do you know? How can you tell? You history? Can, um, history, usually their di- whatever their diagnosis is, we can tell by that because a lot of times. Oh, my back. That, oh. No, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. But a lot of times that specific diagnosis is usually for patients who. And they know, you know what they're trying to get. You give someone, so Dilaudid is the big. That um, stuff's gnarly. The yeah. Two times I've been in the hospital, they've given me Dilaudid. Is it, what's the, what's the shit that killed Michael Jackson? That's propofol. Is that the same type of? No, propofol is usually what we give patients who are like intubated so that they stay asleep. Oh, trippy. <laughs> Dilaudid is. Dilaudid's is, pain medication. So they call it like. Ten, ten times stronger than morphine. Yeah. yeah. And they almost, they, hardcore, um, they say man. it's almost more addicting than heroin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's... I, the two times I've had it, it was intravenously. Mm-hmm. And that is the weirdest freaking feeling you'll ever have. It's like your whole... You burn. It's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, you can feel it. So, they put it in your IV and you feel, like, a sensation of it just getting heavy, 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 heavy. And then it hits your heart and it goes... Mm-hmm. And your whole body just gets heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, what what do they... It's crazy, What do you man. think they put it's me on when creepy. they put me under for my wisdom teeth? Oh, they do, like, a twilight... Because that was the weirdest. Because I'd never been put under before. Mm-hmm. and um, That's not even really being put under. I was out, though. I know, but it's like, a, it's not full blown. It's, it's, it's sedation. It's not anesthesia. Well, this. this st- what was that? I don't know. The keep delay. Going, keep going. Keep going. So they put me on. Um, well, they start, she started hitting me with the laughing gas. So I'm sitting there breathing it. And I'm like, yeah, this shit's not working. And like, I can hear like, like take it up. And then she's like, okay, now start breathing deep again. It's like about my third breath. I was like, yep, there we go. Yeah. I can feel it. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah. So then they put in the stuff. And then I remember like I was on a roller coaster. I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride. And when I woke up, my dad actually videotaped me and I was blinking one eye at a time. Cause I was like so stoned. <laughs> like, it was, I didn't like that. <laughs> Is feeling, this man. real life? But even, but even after, <laughs> but even after my wisdom teeth got taken out, I only took two Vicodin. Yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm super sensitive to pain medication for some reason. So when I had Luke, um, I actually since he was a C-section and he was planned, um, I, I actually they put the IV in my hand and it was a really big gauge IV. And I don't think they realized at the time that I was a nurse. So she's like, all right, I'm going to put this IV in your hand. I'm like, all right. So she puts it in and I'm like, ow, that really hurt. And like, I look at it, I'm like, you just put an 18 gauge IV in my hand, like, which is big. Like we don't usually use a whole lot of 18 gauges. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I full blown start to pass out. Right. And she's telling Adam, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> Adam's like, she's talking gibberish to me. Like she's clearly not fine. Right. So anyway, all of that happens. They call a rapid response on me, funny enough, because they think that I'm going to code, which it was more <laughs> of just like anxiety and, you know, dehydration. But they finally gave me something when I got into the operating room. They gave me some fentanyl and that stuff hit me so fast. And I was like, where the hell was this stuff like a half an hour ago? And the doctors are all laughing. I'm all, no, I'm like, I, I may sound like this is a joke right now, but I'm like serious. Like, I feel so much better. <laughs> you guys should have done this a long time ago. Now, do you like, do you judge like what you just said? Do you judge other nurses work? Like if you're like, oh my God, what is she doing? I try not to. I actually prefer if people don't know that I'm a nurse, if I'm in the hospital or if one of my kids is in the hospital or do, if do it was Adam. you feel like they would treat you differently? Um, I feel I just, like you get special treatment. Like if you get pulled over and you're a cop, right? You know what I mean? It's I th- like I definitely felt like Adam and I got sp- treated a little bit better because they knew I was a nurse. I think it was in my profile, so that was like a big thing. Whenever they gave report to the oncoming 
staff right. they'd be like this is nicole she's a nurse at blah 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 and i was just like oh my god like i don't need everybody to know that it's not <laughs> you know it doesn't define me or whatever but um yeah i mean i i don't judge other people i, I find myself doing things that i probably shouldn't like stopping alarms on ivs and things like <laughs> messing with the equipment messing with the equipment <laughs> when i probably shouldn't because then i'm thinking you know mom actually yelled at me when i was when we were in the hospital with luke and she was like stop doing that i'm like oh, i remember that i'm like it's not that big of a deal i just don't want to wear it and so like i would take it <laughs> off she's like listen like i can't believe you're doing this you're a nurse i'm like meh 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 it's okay do you, right. do you feel that like with um with all of the new stuff that seems to be coming out with uh babies do you feel like that maybe the medicine that we're using when we're giving birth or anything like that is causing these problems? Like massive- You're seeing all the commercials right now for Zofran, right? No, I'm oh. actually not. I'm just talking. Well, I know like the whole the whole thing about the vaccines is bullshit. Like the whole the vaccine movement. Uh, with go. the autism stuff? Yeah. You mean we're with autism? Get, yeah. yeah, that is bullshit. Like the whole vaccine. We're going to get some comments here. Well, I don't did care. you not <laughs> vaccinate Liam? Oh, we absolutely did oh, vaccinate. Good. Well, it's all bullshit. Uh, that's all. No, thing. I'm saying like, we're going to get a bunch of comments. And oh, I don't care. Oh, because of the anti-vaxxers? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Fuck them. It's, I mean, it's, like, we're, it's, it's, it's true, dude. Like, it's bullshit. It was created by a doctor that used false studies. It's all documented. Yeah. It's all fake. Yeah. It's all it fake. was all fake. No, yeah, I'm a big proponent yeah. of vaccination. Yeah. So what, so, but, but stuff like, okay, for example, like when you were in the bed giving birth and they plug a thing in you and start pumping you with medicine, is that going to affect, could that affect the child or? Well, they say that, I mean, they do it. You mean like when I got my epidurals and stuff? Yeah. Don't they say epidurals are a big problem? Epidurals don't cross the barrier, right? Right. it's a spinal thing. Correct. It's not in the bloodstream. Right. So if they put it in my. I I took classes. Yeah. You used to go by my old apartment, man. Yeah. So (laughs) the stuff that they put in my IV, I think they always give you like a pretty mild dose. So it's not like, you know, they gave me pain medicine before the baby was born. So obviously he got most likely got a little bit of that. That's just the way it works. But um, I mean, he's cool. Don't they like. He's not all messed up. Don't they like try to time it a little bit too with that kind of stuff where they'll give it give you the pain meds before he comes out so that he's not super lethargic yeah. when he comes out. Yeah. So like with me, they gave, so they gave me the little dose of fentanyl and then they did my spinal because it's different. Out. You don't get an epidural with a C-section. It's a right. spinal. Um, so. And then he was fine, obviously, when he came out, but it was all really quick. I mean, they, the, the, how quickly they get babies out of you is insane. I yeah, feel like. I watched on a, I watched a lot of uh, 19 kids and counting and I just watched the recap episode where they show all of her C-sections. And it's, Love it. They just flop it out, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, oh, right, there they go. And then they shove it back in there. Yeah. Adam, Adam had a hard Shit. time with that. Adam had a hard time with that. The he, smell. The Ew. cauterizing. Oh, the it's smell. the cauterizing and yeah. stuff, yeah. Well, you know, I had this thing in my nose and my dermo went in there and, in, and he like pictured like a straw with like a, a, a rope that was been like fed through it. And uh, it got burning hot, and he snipped this. Th- it was like a skin tag in my nose, and I smelled okay. like burning flesh. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I don't like how that smells. That's yeah. Then it was do, like actually kind of smells like good steak. They do like, that when when you get a C-section, they cauterize it ooh, yeah. to stop the bleeding, and they it's do. like <laughs> this is barbecue cooking my wife over there. Adam was like, <laughs> they're so, awfully so rough. Ribs. They're awfully rough with you because they, you know, oh yeah, they pull and You're like trying to like. And Adam's like, like you don't feel that? I'm all no. On the other side of the bed from her head is like the bucket where the suction thing is. So like all this blood's getting sucked into this bucket. And I'm like, just look at me, honey. Just yeah. look at me. Don't look around. <laughs> don't, don't look around. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> what do you um what do you do if a patient refuses care? I don't give them the care. 
Really? But but what I'm saying is, if it actually, let me finish my whole question that I have written out here. Um, what do you do if a patient refuses care at the risk of his or her own safety? So we're big on educating the patients. So if it's for medication or whatever, we get a lot of patients that will refuse meds. You know, I'm not taking that. I'm not going to take that. All right. Well, I just want mm-hmm. you to understand that if you don't take this, this is what could happen. And then they either say, okay, fine, I'll take it. Or they say, no, I still don't want it. So then it, it's just big for nurses. It's all about charting and covering yourself and explaining in your charting that you educated the patient on what could happen and they still refused it. So if I'm right. coming in and I'm having like an allergic reaction and this allergic reaction is going to kill me and you tell me, no, we need to give you a shot and you'll be cured. And I go, no, I don't want that fucking shot, whatever. Who, who's, who does my death fall on? Me? Because I fucking refuse the medicine. Um, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I would think yes, but I think that someone this is would like probably an extreme, like life or death situation. You know I what think I mean? somebody like, would probably give it to you anyway, if you were at like your age. But is that now, is that a, but does that break, break any laws or go against any oaths or anything? <sighs> it's such a fine line when it comes to that kind of stuff, to be quite honest. I mean, advanced directives is like a big thing in the hospital where it's really the, as long as it's in writing, it's been notarized. Like that's really what we're supposed to follow. I mean, if you came into the hospital and told me I'd rather die right now than you give me epinephrine for my allergic reaction that I'm having, I don't I don't really know what the ER nurses would do. I don't know if they would do it anyway or if they would just let you die. I can't maybe imagine a, that they would just let you die. Kind of yeah, it, I th- a lot of that stuff is Take situational. It situation by mm-hmm. situation. What about um um I had a question, I just forgot it. Okay. So, a situational type thing. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um now, do you be, only because I'm asking this only because you you work in a hospital and it's something I've made my own kind of observation on, and um, I've talked about this about Laura a lot too. But do you feel that somebody gets more sick if they're told they're sick? Now, let me like explain. Like the placebo effect. If I well, if I have cancer and I'm living my life fine and I have cancer and I go in there and you go, bro, Jake, you got stage four, whatever cancer. Now in three months, yes, I'm dead. I think yeah. Absolutely. I think the mind is a really powerful thing. Um, I've had patients who were totally awake, um, oriented, knew exactly what was going on, talking mm-hmm. to me. And then they decide, you know what? I'm, I know I'm not going to get better. I just want to go ahead and die. And they die within 24 hours. Wow. Really? Because mm-hmm. they just sort they of hit up. a point and they, they, they're done. They don't want to do it anymore. They're tired. And <laughs> the mind is a really powerful thing, I That's feel like. That's something I always thought, too. And th- then I always thought about if there's a way like, um, like doctors could educate better. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, Matt, you've got stage four colon cancer. Like, good fucking luck, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if there was a way that they could kind of let you know in a way where it wouldn't fuck with your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of impossible. I mean, they sort of, I don't you know. You can only be so blunt. And, and I'm really honest. I feel like honesty sometimes is the best way to go with patients. Um, so I try really hard to just be as honest as possible. Oh, cool. No, we're just. Sorry. I know that throws me off, we're and then I forget sorry. what I'm talking about. We're trying to get our timing down. Um, what happens if you, um, if you? Oh my god, are you kidding me right now? <coughs> Drunk margaritas. <laughs> what um? What happens if you dis? I mean, it's probably you're probably. I think I know your answer, but what happens if you disagree with a doctor? You're shit out of luck. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, if I disagree with a doctor, I I and I really 
feel strongly about my opinion, then I will just go to them and tell them this is the way I feel about it. And doctors, um, especially in a hospital setting, really rely on us because we're the ones that are with the patients all the time. So you'd be surprised how much they trust us Mm. and um, accept our opinions. And we try to round with them and we go in the room and I think this will work for that patient. I think this won't. And usually you could just call and be like, look, like, this guy's kind of going nutsy in here. Like, can I get something for anxiety? Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, they don't, right. it's not like they come and see the patient. They take my word for it most of the time. So, nope. there's a lot of trust. Um, we, we have a lot of responsibility. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> like, when we, had, when we had Liam, we saw our doctor three times for the entire week that we were at the hospital. Hmm. Yeah. And he was born, the initial checkup, and then the discharge. The discharge. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. We our it. doctors see patients every day, but nursing. yeah, we it's went all nursing. when we uh, when my father-in-law he had like a throat surgery, and we went to pick him up from the hospital, and he was kind of stoned. So the doctor was explaining everything to Laura and I. He gave us like a thirty-minute lecture on marriage because we hadn't <laughs> been married yet. We were like, oh yeah, our weddings, and her dad had, when he was stoned was like, my daughter's getting married, in a month. <laughs> and he's like. You know, life is a very valuable thing. And when two people can join, and he gave us like this whole big lecture about That's kind of nice. It was nice, but I was like, all right, cool. Not can welcomed. We, can we take I don't him need your advice. We just want to leave. Yeah. Can we take him and go? Like, what's going on? What can he eat? <laughs> like, what, are we good? Like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. So solids. I, yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I guess like mainly what I was saying was like, if let's say you got a hard headed, stubborn doctor. And he goes, no, I'm going to do this. And you go, no, like, I really don't agree with that. Is there someone over him? No. You're, you're shit out of luck, mm-hmm. basically. You either do it or you don't. I mean, you either do it knowing that it's the wrong thing, which I don't usually recommend, or you stick to your guns and say, I'm 100% not going to do that. Can you walk away? Mm-hmm. You, I don't want to deal with this anymore then. It's not I have done that. Anymore. I have done that. And I have just told them, I don't agree with this. I'm not doing it. So if you want to do it, here, here's the stuff. You can do it because mm-hmm. then it can be on you. But I don't think it's the right thing to do. And then they go, well, I don't want it to be on me either. So then they don't do it. So on that topic. Yeah, go. Because I know know doctors' malpractice is a big deal for them because they're a doctor now. Are you, like, sheltered because you're a nurse? Or would a malpractice suit, like, fall on you? We're usually included. It's like usually what happens is if if a patient sues, they're suing the hospital Mm -hmm. typically. So everybody involved in that patient care usually gets – like you know deposed and whatever i've never been involved in that thankfully um so our big thing is just making sure you're charting i mean they don't you don't have anything else to go off of i I have four patients every shift Mm -hmm. i work three twelves a week so if i don't work back-to-back days that i could have you know have up to like 20 patients if i discharge and get new patients or whatever i'm not going to remember what happened a year ago right so they're gonna have to be able to pull up my charting and know exactly what i did all day long and i have to rely on that to be my you know legal well when it comes to like malpractice what um is there like a frivolous aspect to it like do you guys deal with a lot of bullshit malpractice like what i'm trying to say is for example <laughs> oh bless Excuse you me, sorry um in in the world of like um I guess anything. It's become so like, you know. Get you, rich you, quick. Well, not even that, but like you, you say hi to someone wrong and they're in HR telling right. you that you sexually harass them right. or something like that. Is it is it almost like, do you guys have to, have to almost be more careful and tread more lightly in the medical field for fear of a patient going, she touched me inappropriately or, or she said something rude to me, I'm suing or I'm going to do this or I'm going to press charges? Or? I don't. 
I just I just do what I do. I mean, I don't really worry about that part of it too much. I'm more concerned with the medication stuff and things like that. But I mean, I've never I've never heard of that. I've never dealt with that. So I don't know if that's something that happens. I know it makes but sense. You know what I mean? Like the world we live in. It totally yeah. makes sense. I'm just I've never such a tumbler fucks out there. Wow. <laughs> She's not paying attention. Oh, don't don't worry. When it comes up on the podcast, we're gonna talk about it. Oh, we're gonna she's, go she's not paying attention. It's not uh, her. It's not I know, Kaylee. It's I know, but Kaylee brought it up. <laughs> we're talking about Tumblr. Tumblr. Oh, fuck you. See, there it is. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm so out of the social uh, media I'm, game. I'm, I don't even know what Tumblr is. I'm a, it's I'm for a, hipsters. I'm a cis uh, male, so not I'm a hipster. I'm a cis male. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing this shit down. Um, okay, so I guess one of my very last questions for you is um, I remember that my, my our buddy that worked um, for a fairly large hospital, he had been dealing with this machine. I forgot what he called it, but it was a machine where you could the person would literally sit down and you could isolate the whatever. You talked to me about this before. We don't have that at my hospital. Yeah, it but was like Mike was telling me about it. I guess I'll just say his name. Fuck it. But um, <laughs> it was a machine and, and it could like, if you had like a three millimeter, four millimeter tumor in your head, uh-huh. right? You would sit in this machine and only only rich people could do it. Like celebrities and only like wealthy people could do this. Not covered by insurance. Nothing. And crazy right. expensive. And it would go and it goes into your head and it was called the knife or it had some bitchin' name. Like it's out of like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the slasher. Ford onto Dawn or something cool <laughs> like that. And, um, and it would go, it would find the cancer. And it would measure how wide it was, how deep it was on your head. Uh-huh. And this laser would literally be able to just isolate that piece and thoom, zap that cancer. And then like skin cancer or like brain no, cancer? No, brain cancer in wow. your head. And, and, and it could also isolate how deep it was. So if you had a growth an inch inside of your brain, right. it could zap it that inch inside of your brain without damaging anything else around it. By the Yeah, I That's think wild. it was called the knife or the blade or something cool like that. <laughs> and... Um, but he was telling me about it. So one of my questions, one of my last questions for you was, what's um, like, what new advances do you see in like the medical field as it relates to like technology? I mean, we've talked a lot about medicine, but what do you see from like a technology aspect of it? Like, um, it's really, I, I think eventually, mm, I don't know. I'm a, I, what I'm afraid of is that eventually they won't need nurses because well, it's all robotic. It's yeah, I, mean, I work in the automotive industry, and we're we're completely. Completely aware that we're not going to need technicians in 15 years. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, almost every industry that's inevitable. But most you see it little by little. Now. It's expensive to yeah. for a hospital to to you know acquire new techno technology like that. So you don't see it very often. They buy little piece by little piece, and it's kind of like by the time it's to, you know to buy the next new piece, the one you already bought from a year ago was is already outdated. Right. You know what I mean? So Crazy. I think it's just we have a robot in the ER that goes around like if we don't have a physician on our campus Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like a Roomba I mean it's big though um if we don't have a physician on our campus they can telecommute through that and talk to the patients so you can see their face well they did that with school weren't they where there's like a for kids in like underdeveloped companies they could put these robots there countries and like what is it companies companies that's it well companies too but (laughs) underdeveloped countries and um (laughs) But, like, they'd put this one robot in the room. I think it's the one you're talking about. And a teacher in America 
could talk and this yeah. robot holds the screen. Huh. Same, same and thing. And it would yeah. walk up to like each individual student and like the teacher could look at their work and they could, and then like a robot could go back and. Huh. And then this way they're getting faster one on one time with the right. doctor that they need to be speaking with and they're not waiting. Because essentially you could dial up anybody in the country and. Mm-hmm. Get there. It's pretty cool. Instant what's opinion the, on something. What's the most like prestigious hospital in the United States? I have no idea. Like, don't they always talk about? I guess like, it depends. It probably depends on like. It depends on what you're going for. Some hospitals yeah. are, you know, like John's cancer ho- hospitals right. or heart hospitals or right. So they all kind of have different whatever. What about in the world? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really care. Are other countries <laughs> for pinks? Well, but like, I mean, if we're being honest, I really don't. No, but like, okay, you might not know this answer, but but are <laughs> sorry, other, that was <laughs> no, that's true. But like, for for you might not know this answer, like I said, but are other countries doing the same thing we're doing medically wise? I almost think that some of them are doing more. Hmm. Why is that? Yeah. Why are they doing more, or why well, do I your, think why, that? Why, why do that? why are they doing more than what we're because doing? Because I because I feel like the other countries, certain countries, you know, um, are so good at managing healthcare mm-hmm. that they have more expendable money that they can use to buy and create newer technologies. And is like the oversight different than it is here, or is, does that play into it? No, I don't think so. I think it's just they're just more advanced. Okay. Not that we're not advanced. We're not like a third world country. But I mean, I think that experimenting and stuff like that is happening a lot more in other countries because mm. they're able to money wise. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, this I'm surprised this podcast I really thought was going to go in a whole other direction, like talking about our childhood and stuff like that. And I'm proud of you for sticking on point. What? Well, one time. When I was getting babysat. Shit, I shouldn't have said that. Well, there's that. a bunch. Okay, Are you going to well, talk about when I put your head in the toilet full of poop? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, so well, two stories. I was I was a real. <laughs> See, this is the funny stuff. I'm just saying. I was a real skittish kid. And, um, I'm a little. Little. I was a super skittish. And uh, so my parents would leave. and she I am seven years me. older than Jake. Seven years older than me. So our parents would, ba- you know, leave us and she'd have to babysit me, right? And she would do weird shit like we'd be sitting in the room and, she, <laughs> and she'd go like... She would stop and she'd go, what was that? And I'd be like, what was what? She'd be like, did you hear that? I'm like, did I hear what? She'd be like, Jake, there's robbers in the house. There's robbers? And then she would run into a room and lock herself in the room and like scream like, they're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. And I'd be clawing at the door. Like, <laughs> and then another one was, um, yeah, she... Uh, she goes, Jay, come here. Like, I, you know, I want to show you something. I, I, I loved her, so you know, I, you know, I'd go in and want to talk to my sister. You're and, so full of shit. And she'd call me in there, and she'd be like, you know, she calls me in one time. Jay, come here. I want to show you something. Oh, I'm gonna walk in now. I come walking in there. You were like five or six. Yeah, big old, big old toilet bowl full of diarrhea. And she's trying. <laughs> she grabs me by the back of my head and is trying to jam my head in I'm holding you it. upside I'm, down. I'm this far from the diarrhea. He's like, Coley. Stop it. How does it matter with you? Of this toilet pot. I did not so want that, him. Oh, she did So we could be clear about and that. Then I, so then like, I was able to get I'm my okay feet now, under but me. I'm okay now. I was able to get my feet under me and I pushed back and she flew into the bathtub and like the whole curtain yeah. fell on her and everything. And I ended up running to the neighbor's house. They would but, call, the neighbors would call my mom at work on the yeah. regular and be like, your kids are fighting again over there. I yeah. don't know what's happening, but my mom really have to come up more like, are you fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> again, yeah. again, you guys, she would just call and say, you better knock your shit off. I swear. <laughs> I'd hear the, 
noise. You know what I mean? That's the, yeah. the belt getting pulled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not again. Yeah. Fun. Well, I think on that note. Uh, <laughs> on the diarrhea note. We're going to crash this one. <laughs> um, on, that, on that brown note. On that brown that note. That code Hey-o! brown. Code brown. Code brown. Code brown. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, thank you, Nicole, for coming to the show. You bet. My Give pleasure. Cheers. Do it in front of your Water. Mouth. I know, but whatever. Cheers. Um, Whiskey Babble. Nicole was our guest, RN. Uh, we hope you guys liked it. www.facebook.com slash whiskey babble. Uh, YouTube.com slash whiskey babble. Um, no, I'm looking at you, bro. Don't look at I'm me. I'm going to look at whatever you need your I'm reassurance. Damn it. Yeah, I need your confidence. I I'm want you to look the at the wrong them. URL or some shit like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whiskeybabble.com, guys. Check out the merch there. We got some great merch. Um, how's that uh, raffle coming? Uh, we, have, we have 12 entries now. Nice. Yeah. Last one was only like three, right? Seven. Oh, leaps yeah. and bounds, bro. Mm-hmm. It ends at the end of this month, the 31st. Uh, it'll close and then we'll pick a winner and somebody will get a shot class. Cool. How do they enter? Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, go to the giveaway tab, enter your email address. Um, once you do that, you'll be presented with a couple of other options for some bonus entries. Or you can go to the website. There's a giveaway page there. Same deal. Matt, I can't read. <laughs> oh, God, Jake. Oh, no. What can I do? You could probably go to audible.com. And what, what do I do there, though? Well, there's 180,000 different selections of spoken word. So I can listen to my stories? You could. Wow. Audibletrial.com slash whiskeybabble. Free 30-day trial and a free audiobook download. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Also, um, Mamut uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's uh, M-A-M-U-T-E-B-J-J.com. Um, if you go in there, you mention Whiskey Babble, you'll get a free week uh, trial on us. And um, try it out. You guys will love it. It's great cardio. It's great self-defense. It's a great workout. Um, and uh, yeah, so Whiskey Babble out. <laughs>